straightforward at the airport. Yeah, pretty much, just straight off the plane. Okay. Thank there you. Go. Fantastic. You're listening to Fauna, a podcast by Zoos Victoria, where we take you backstage at Hillsville Sanctuary, Melbourne Zoo and Werribee Open Range Zoo. And it's all good there to go. go. Fantastic. No worries, guys. Thank Thanks you very, very much, much for that. Cheers. Cheers. Today, we're at Werribee Open Range Zoo, 35 kilometres west of Melbourne. Staff have just welcomed a special guest who has come to stay for the winter. This VIP is a very important parrot, a critically endangered orange-bellied parrot. So when we talk about species that keep me up at night, (laughs) you know, I'm constantly concerned we're going to have this moment one day where we say, oh, why didn't we try that? So I'm Rachel Lowry, Director of Wildlife Conservation and Science at Zoos Victoria, which is the best job in the world. First of all, the orange-bellied parrot, it's this beautiful, colourful little parrot with a gorgeous round belly and that iconic orange marking. We have around 400 in captive care and 40 out in the wild. Just digest that for a moment, 40, it's very low. And so that means that every single animal is precious from a genetics perspective and from an ecological population perspective. Every time we lose an animal, the hope for recovering this species diminishes because we know that the smaller we allow the population to get, the more inbreeding we get and the closer we get to the extinction line. And so a decision was made last year. The recovery team got together and said these are urgent times. If we continue losing them at the rate we're losing them, we're really looking at a three-year horizon before we're announcing the extinction of this bird, and no one wants to be doing that. And we know from our research that winter's a particularly hard time for the species, and during the migration, you know, they take on this mighty flight from Tasmania to Victoria. Rachel's not overstating it here. Orange-bellied parrots clock up the air miles. Each year, they fly up to 1,500 kilometres from their summer breeding ground in Melaleuca, southwest Tasmania, to their favourite winter haunts on the south coast of Victoria and South Australia. It's a massive journey, especially for such little wings. Orange-bellied parrots are about the size of a budgerigar. Um, And it's probably no surprise to any of us that they don't all make it. In fact... Birds born in captivity and wild-born young birds have a less than 20% chance of returning to Melaleuca for the following breeding season. The recovery team said we just can't allow ourselves to continue to watch them diminish the way that they are. And so we got very hands-on and trialled what we're calling at the moment overwinter ranching, which is actually going over and collecting birds and flying them over to Victoria (laughs) just to buy us time. And people hear that and think, what, you're flying a migratory species over? But yes, that's how dire things have gotten. So these migratory birds are bundled up and flown on a commercial plane, just like the domestic flight you might have taken on your last interstate trip. Basically, they're just going into a bed and breakfast over winter and um, we'll do the hard work for them and, and fly them back. Uh, you know, I think we've, we flew around nine females last year from Tasmania across to Victoria. And if we have a look at previous trends, you could have actually assumed that maybe one of those nine may have gone on to survive. But that's just not good enough, not when we're down to these sorts of figures. And so they were flown across to Victoria last winter. And that trial has given us some promising results, enough so that we've done it again. Every effort is made to make sure they have a comfortable journey. 
There's always special conditions that were requested when we're transporting animals by plane. I'm Paul Eden, I'm one of the veterinarians here at Werribee Open Range Zoo. Paul is a member of the Orange-Bellied Parrot Recovery Team and chair of the Veterinary Technical Reference Group for the bird. Made up of a group of vets and other experts, they advise the recovery team on issues around health, welfare and biosecurity. You know, a critically endangered parrot, each, each individual is highly valuable. You know, we try and make sure there's no other birds on that flight and no other sort of predators or anything like that that might be on there as well. You know, people's domestic cats or dogs that might be transported around can be seen as a threat to these birds and might cause them some distress. So yeah, there's a lot of restrictions around that transport process. It can sometimes make it challenging to get the logistics right for when we can organise flights to come up and take the birds back and forth. But yeah, very, very important for their welfare to make sure that we can do that for them. It sounds ridiculous, right? Rather than getting to Victoria using their own parrot power, these migratory birds are flown across Bass Strait and then chauffeured to Werribee Open Range Zoo. Along with their partner organisations, Zoos Victoria is pulling out all the stops because desperate times call for desperate measures. It seems like an extreme measure to undertake for a species that's meant to be migratory. I guess the, the reason we're doing it is because a lot of them aren't surviving that migration period. So yeah, at the moment we're really very much in a state of emergency management for this species to try and get some level of security for this species in the wild. And by undertaking measures such as ranching, uh, hopefully we're able to achieve that. The idea of this ranching process is to try and improve that chance of survival from one year to the next. We ran a pilot program last year with that. We had eight female birds brought into captivity and they were ranched last winter here at Werribee Open Range Zoo. Six of those birds ended up getting transferred back for release this breeding season just finishing up now. That's a considerable improvement on their survival from one year to the next. And so we're expanding that program this year, ranching a greater number of birds. We're focusing primarily on the females that have been released from captive locations released to the wild for this breeding season because their genetic value is, is reasonably high. But this year we're also including a proportion of the birds that were born in the wild this year as well. This is the first time we've done that with the wild-born birds. So we've left a number of the wild-born birds in the wild to undergo that natural migration process. But we've also decided to ranch some of them this year as well as an insurance measure. Like a lot of endangered species, the orange-bellied parrot is in a precarious position due to multiple threats. Um, habitat loss is certainly a major factor, particularly on the south coast of Australia, of, of Victoria and, and South Australia. And there's a lot of housing development that's occurring in those areas, a lot of land clearing. Loss of the wintering habitat is a significant issue. Predation is a significant risk for this species, particularly with feral cats. Trying to mitigate those risks is, is quite challenging. Disease is also identified as a significant concern as well. Beacon feather disease, which is a viral disease, 
species that can affect the species, can affect a range of different parrots, has been shown to have occurred in, in the wild populations. And that can result in um, issues such as loss of chicks in the nest, like a whole clutch can die out. And that means that that breeding pair haven't been able to raise a clutch of chicks for that year. So yeah, there, there's actually quite a number of threats affecting this species. Surviving the migration and then the mainland winter seems to be the main challenge, but experts are still not exactly sure why. We feel at the moment that the migration period seems to be the greatest risk period for for these birds. But yeah, we really have very little understanding about what those risks are during that time. They're very small birds, they weigh sort of 40 to 45 grams, and the technology isn't currently available for us to do things like GPS tracking of these birds as they undergo their migration process so that we can get some understanding of, you know, is there a particular point in that pathway where birds aren't making it past or or is, is it just sort of some sort of random issue across that whole migration pathway. Orange-bellied parrots aren't the only VIPs getting special treatment at Zoos Victoria. And so we've got to keep trialling these VIP services because it means really that we're thinking outside the square and doing things differently. There's the purpose-built possum gym. Leadbeater's possum has a gymnasium that we're trialling at the moment where it's a lot of intricate features and designs so that they have to climb and jump and forage so that we're not suddenly expecting them to be experts at that when we release them. And the climate-controlled bunker. Um, but the boar frog is a, an example of one where the data showed us that it was in a scary place. Without conservation intervention and without bringing it into captive care, we were looking at extinction within a matter of years. And so one of the greatest achievements, I think, in the last five to six years has been bringing that species, this little, round, fat, chubby, brown frog that few people have heard of, that we know we've lost over 80 to 90% of its population in the last decade, that's only found here in Victoria, building a, what we call the Borbor Frog Bunker, which was you know, well over $100,000 worth of investment to get the right climate-controlled environment so that we could send people out into Mount Borbor to find that species. Whilst we haven't bred them yet, we're well on our way now. It's, things are looking really good and so you know, we can sleep a little better at night knowing that if everything does fall to pieces in the wild, which is certainly what the data is showing us at the moment is happening, we've got some time. We've bought some time for that species. And even slap-up dinners. One thing a lot of people don't know is that we only feed our animals right across the zoo human-grade food. So if the food isn't fit for humans and it's not fit for our animals and so that VIP thinking I know people that have pets that don't take it that far being really discerning and making sure that we provide the absolute best nutrition is really really critical I provide many people with tours of our threatened species unit where all the magic happens behind the scenes at Zoos Victoria across our three zoos and I love watching people's eyes light up when we tell them the lengths that we go to to fight the extinction for these species because there are many, many Victorians that believe that our species deserve better than what they're currently getting. And I think Zoos Victoria paints a picture of just the how, how far we're willing to go. I hate the idea of leaving any species behind, especially when we've proven as a society that when we fund things adequately and we put our will behind it and our backbone into it, we can achieve great things. And that's certainly what our threatened species deserve. Sometimes 
Fighting for the survival of a species is as much about looking after the individual as it is about caring for the population. So she's quite active in there, which is good. feeling along the, the bones of the legs and, and the wings just to make sure there's no sort of obvious injuries and we'll stretch the, the wings out and check the feathering. Stay there, miss. So this swab is to do some disease screening um, so that we can work out what her health status is. Uh, but it's also a good opportunity for us to learn about what diseases are, are seen in the wild population so that we've got a better understanding of that and, and we can work out a bit more information about some of the threats that these birds face in the wild. And then the last thing we're doing is just giving her some worming medication just to deal with any internal parasites that she might have picked up while she's been out in the wild. So you're looking in pretty reasonable nick, my little friend, so she can now go and join some of her other companions in the aviary. And so I'll just pop her back in her transport bag and we'll take her out to the aviary. This female was hatched in captivity last year at Moonlit Sanctuary on the Mornington Peninsula. In October, she was released at Melaleuca in Tasmania for the 2018 breeding season. Because she's used to life in an aviary, she'll have a calming effect on the wild birds as they get used to the unfamiliar environment, including the sounds of crows calling in the background or cars driving past. So yeah, these are the, the ranching aviaries here. So we've got four aviaries in total. We've only, only got birds in three of them at the moment. Here girls. Right. You got a friend. There we go. So she'll settle in with the group fairly quickly. That's pretty much it. She's flying around well, which is good. That's what we'd like to see. We'll leave it to regroup with their friends. So she's settled into her bed and breakfast with her 11 travel companions for the winter. But this parrot wasn't on a one-way ticket. If all goes well, she'll become a frequent flyer. Come the next breeding season, the idea will be to return these birds to that breeding ground, to, to Melaleuca, so that they can continue contributing to producing more wild birds in, in that population. 
they will be flown back over and that then allows these birds to behave naturally in the wild in Tasmania, to forage, to get the right nutrients, to socialise and to breed, um, which is critical, without the risk of the migratory flight over. When you've got tens of thousands of birds, you can afford to lose a few. When you've got 40, you just can't. The orange-bellied parrot's migration and winter spent on the mainland is considered the danger period for the birds. So a bit of luxurious pampering on an interstate trip is all part of helping them survive from one breeding season to the next. These animals deserve nothing less. It's such a privilege to have them in our care. Nothing is too special for the very important species in the care of Zoos Victoria. Zoos Victoria is one of many organisations that make up the Orange-Bellied Parrot Recovery Team. Other team members include the Federal Department of Environment and Energy, the State Environment Departments from Tasmania, Victoria and South Australia, Moonlit Sanctuary, Priam, Adelaide Zoo, BirdLife Australia, the Zoos and Aquarium Association and Friends of the Orange-Bellied Parrot. Thanks to Paul Eden and Rachel Lowry for your time and to Dr Michael McGrath for your input and for organising our well-timed visit to Werribee Open Range Zoo. Fauna is produced by Bridie Smith and Beck Fari for Zoos Victoria, hosted by Annie Last. If you like what you've heard, why not share the episode with your animal-loving friends? You'll find links and more information at zoo.org.au slash fauna or search Fauna in your podcast app. Zoos Victoria operates three campuses, Hillsville Sanctuary, Melbourne Zoo and Werribee Open Range Zoo and is a zoo-based conservation organisation fighting extinction to secure a future rich in wildlife.